All right, everybody, it's your girl Joy has questions coming to you on this amazing Sunday. Mother Nature tried it in Chicago. She wanted to give us a little taste of what, you know, some hot thotty weather would be. And then Sunday she was like, <laughs> back to jackets, you go. <laughs> so when I see you, Mother Nature, it is on site. But for everyone else, I hope that you all are having an amazing Sunday. And let me just hop right into it. Number one, I'm so happy to have the franchise here as well. <laughs> I know, I know, but like seriously, I'm I stand for a good DJ oh, as well you. as like for just a person doing really dope things in the city. So thank you. You're one of many traits. So <laughs> um thank you for coming on the show. And then I am going to just hop right into it. You know how I do everybody. So we are starting off with you better know. So this week was Nurses Week, which was amazing because let's keep it real. The attendings pop in and out to just tell you what's wrong. It's the nurses that are sitting here really on the daily, keeping you afloat whenever you are sick. So Mary Eliza Mahoney, who was born May 7th, 1845, died in 1926. She was the first African-American to study and work as a trained nurse in the country. Not in her city, not in like her town, the country. Um, She basically was one of the first African-Americans to not only graduate from nursing school, but then she also prospered within predominantly white society while openly challenging the discrimination that she found within the nursing field in terms of how black nurses were being treated or just the lack of black presence within this field which I just thought was amazing I'm like okay not only are you a first but you are openly trying to reach back and pull others forward so she was born to freed slaves um, and in 1908 she co-founded the National Association of Color Graduate Nurses with Ada B. Thomas another bomb black woman so I'm like okay melanin I see what you're doing here, how this is working. Um, And what I love about this is how they basically adopted the NACGN uh, within the American Nurses Association in 1951. She was one of the first African-Americans to vote once suffrage was finally approved by the United States Congress. I guess once they say, you know, you do kind of birth us and take care of us. I guess you do have a mind outside of a kitchen to actually vote. So she was one of the first African-Americans to do this. And then also... Just a slight side note of Petty, why I like her so much. She was engaged to a doctor, dropped the engagement, never got married again. And I think she was quoted as saying, like, that's what helped her live so long. I was like, come through, (laughs) Eliza. Shade. Um, But another thing that she was really known for within her profession was typically nursing that time you would work in the household of like your patron because they could afford afford to have in-house care so what she Mm -hmm. would do she intentionally separated herself from the kitchen help staff because she wanted to distinguish between her professional career choice of being a nurse versus just being in the house working as a household staff and completely not trying to disrespect you know that profession but we all know sometimes no Majority of the time in this country, people like to just lump us all in and be like, oh, you're just the help. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I worked my ass off. Saving lives. Exactly. And it's a whole different skill set. Tucking in your children, making sure that they don't die of angina. Like, no, sis, it's not the same. So for that and for everything else, I just wanted to give a shout out to Mary Mahoney because I just think she is bomb.com. Her birthday is tomorrow. Well, once this officially drops um, her birthday is tomorrow. So that is a black woman worth celebrating. Just makes it makes you feel good. Right. Like look at all this, this bombness that we have and now getting any into America. So according to IG, (laughs) 
IG told me that this world was trash this week again. And I'm just going to start it off actually on something that was amazing and positive. So everyone has been going up for Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, like any man that can show up to the Emmys or Golden Globes in a crushed brown velvet suit. You just got to give it to him, okay? But aside from that, he is a true artist. He is a director, a writer, a bomb-ass actor. I remember watching him on Community. That yeah. was, like, my first introduction to him. Um, and then also, yeah, because he played Troy Barnes. And then Yvette Nicole Brown, hey, sis, um, she played Shirley. And they were, like, my two favorite characters on the show. So this is and a, a singer and a rapper. Oh, damn. I could, <laughs> girl, yes, correct me. You're like, um, we're not done with his accolades. <laughs> yes, singer and a rapper. My first, okay, out of all of his body of work and This Is America, what is like one of your favorite songs by him? I know it's too many to count. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, It's probably something off like the Stone Mountain. Uh, I'm from Stone Mountain originally, too. I actually went to high school with his brother. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. First off, you give me all the Chicago swag. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've been here for eight years. So. Okay, gotcha. But thank you. So it, it, it's sunk in a little bit. But yes, girl, you better rep where you're set. Where are you from? Outside of Community, that TV show on Channel 5 or NBC, my first introduction to him was Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. When I saw that video and him bouncing around and just all this passion, and then on top of it, he had flow that was clever and he was accepting like his black boy joy and being weird. Like he wasn't talking. He clearly was like, I have shot no one. Like I don't live this life. I might play Dungeons and Dragons sometime and there's nothing wrong with that. So that's yeah. what really got me to love him. Yeah. I was talking with one of my friends about it this morning, actually. I was like, I feel like he's always been weird, but he like, which is not a bad thing. Right. Weird is cool, right? But I feel like he made himself kind of, like, acceptable for the mainstream. Mm -hmm. And now that he's where he is and, like, all eyes are on him, he can do the shit that he wanted to do all along. You know what I mean? Like, he kind of conformed a little bit. Exactly. So that people could pay attention to him. And now, like, you can tell with season two of Atlanta compared to season one. It's just, like, out there. But he has the platform now. He could do that. I think that's the thing, and you have to understand sometimes, like, that separation, right, between, like, oh, is this person selling out, or you're just... People need to understand, the reason why the saying is called playing the game is because it is a game you have to play. Like, you have to decide what dance you're going to do, what compromise you're going to make, and what at what point you're like, okay, I've done this far enough, this is where I'm at, and now you're going to get the real, you know? Yeah. That's how that works. And I don't think there's anything shameful about that. Like, if you completely don't want to play, cool. And I don't think he was ever not himself. I just think he wasn't his full self. He it, the thing he was it, holding back a little bit, you know? He had to be palatable, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and that's the thing also, because we, we work in a space of, like, you know, marketing or media times. It's just like, oh, okay, what's your brand? What do you stand for? And it's like. You kind of in your head going, girl, just wait until I get enough clout that I don't have to do this bullshit anymore. So yesterday, definitely he killed it in SNL. The therapy skit, 
first off, thank you for emphasizing that black people need therapy. I say this all the time. If you don't have a therapist, get you one. They are the best Christmas gifts you can ever afford. You know, if and if not, just try and do things that actually promote mental health, you know, stimulation and getting our emotions out there. Yeah. We go through a lot and we keep everything in. So that skit was my favorite. But watching his video, This is America, what were your thoughts? Okay, so the first time I watched it, I was confused. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was like, what did I just watch? Right. What, the way you started, I was like, okay. This Atlanta episode again. God right. damn. <laughs> Literally, I was like, okay, he's out there. But then I watched it a few more times, and I listened to the lyrics. And I was like, okay, I fuck with this. So, like, these are, I can't, I can't break it down. Like, I can't read his mind in terms right. of what he was thinking when he put this video together. But these are some of the things I noticed. It started with like an African instrumental, and then it immediately but subtly trans uh, transitioned into like a trap beat. And I was wondering if that was like in a way kind of showing like our history of music. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting to me. I don't know what he was kind of going with with that. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting was that his last album was a little, like, out there, not, like, really built for radio. Didn't really have, like, catchy hooks and stuff like that. I mean, we had Redbone, but Mm -hmm. aside from that, it was, like... And I still attribute or think of, associate that with Get Out. So I'm like, oh, mind fuck. Yeah. So I was surprised that this song is so catchy. Mm -hmm. And it almost makes me think about, like, what we were just talking about, how he's kind of, like making himself palatable for the media, but he's doing it in a way to get a very, like very important messages across, which I appreciate. The other thing I noticed is that I'm pretty sure he has some ad libs. Like I could have swore I heard T-Pain. I don't know if people are saying like T-Pain's voice, Migos, one of the Migos. Right. <laughs> uh, they owe him for life. Like right. I, they better not ever charge him for shit. <laughs> like, cause he took them. You give him his fucking roses. But right. Yeah, you heard that. And then what else? Uh, 21 Savage's voice. Um, did I say Pharrell already? No, you didn't. I, these are the voices that I heard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. You're going to make me go back. You're like, can someone strip this track? <laughs> I'm like, I need to hear all audio levels. Yeah. So that was interesting, too, that he collaborated with some of those artists, I think. Right. They haven't. I don't know if they've like released the right, like the credits and everything like that. I think what I love about Childish Gambino is the fact, like, you remember, like, everyone was so into Spike Lee and, like, how his movies end half the time in, like, this weird space. You don't know, like, is wait, this is it? What do I get? What's the takeaway, right? And I feel like Childish Gambino, he does that with, to me, when I watch his videos. So I completely agree with, like, the African vibe that I got at first. Or because I could hear the beat. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I think it's at the end of the song, too. And the breakdown. Bring it, yeah, full circle. Um, I think, though, also what I found interesting when I watched it, there was two aspects for me. And also, this is my first time, like, trying to take it all in. Yeah. So I saw he, right, I saw he continued to use, like, really popular viral dances. And there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. So in one aspect, I looked at it as everyone loves blackness. You love, oh, shoot, yeah, whatever. You know, Drake (laughs) jumping around in the gym and everyone's doing the new hottest dance or nay-naying or what was ours. Like, you, like, Soldier Boy and shit. But then you don't love black people. 
It's yeah. like you love what we bring to the table. You love all the popular shit that we do and how everyone now wants to recreate it. You love Beachella, but it's just like, but you don't love the contributions or the people that have given these contributions. And then he did it so masterfully by just opposing it against like the chaos and anarchy around us, right? So I kind of looked at it as, I look at it as, okay, you love blackness, hate black people. Then I also looked at it as we are caught up with the, the fun shit, you know, the viral shit, and literally the world is exploding around us, you know, yeah. or it's chaos in this country around us, and we're smiling like, I'm cute, I, you know, and I kind of looked at it like that. And then, like, clearly when he's, like, shooting up the choir, or yeah. just shooting you know, that part, I was like, I know. <laughs> Woo! I was like, let me get some kvassi, <laughs> And I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I skipped over the second time I watched I'm like, I just don't want to see the it's, choir get shot yeah. up. Um, but yeah, it was a lot to ingest, and that's what I like. Like, he makes me have, he makes me think, and I think he makes all of us think, you know, and he does it in such, I didn't think, like, he was also being condescending about it. I think Mm-mm. he, I didn't think he was coming at, like, the 21 Savages or the Migos or, or anyone that I think is leading now this new phase of hip-hop or, like, who the kids are looking at in the sense of, like, this is what you're doing and putting it. So it didn't come off as, like, you know, the baby boomers, like, looking at us, like, in our day, he was just, yeah. it's his observations of what's happening with blackness. And I think he like took elements of like black culture that are really popular now. Like I mm-hmm. said, like trap music, those like viral dances and like kind of sometimes like meaningless, repetitive, very repetitive lyrics and made it into a song with like a message. Right. And at the end, it's true. Like he's, you see him like running from his, for his life. Yeah, yeah. Everything that's happening. And I was just like, my God, like, that's us as a culture, pretty much. So I'm really excited to see, like, I know the Roots going to do something. They are sitting at the keyboard right now. Like, (laughs) oh, bitch, we have to think peace come Monday. (laughs) Like, But I'm ready to see, like, just, you know, how this conversation develops. I've already seen some things that are just, like, now comparing him to Kanye. Mm. Let me just say this. Anybody can turn down that road of Kanye. I think the bigger conversation is I appreciate what he did in this moment. I am happy for the conversation that he's sparking. Wait, what are people saying about him Oh, the comparison, the thing of, like basically how he put out what Kanye should be doing. Like he's having the conversation that Kanye or doing it in a way that Kanye should be doing. I think he's just doing what he thinks needs to be done. Exactly. Regardless of Kanye. He don't like, let's be real. First off, Donald Glover's not sitting in his house, like pinking the brain going, how do I top this Negro? He's not doing that, you know? And he He, probably started working on this way before Kanye made these comments. Exactly. I I mean, who knows? And true. But I mean, that's like, you know, we can always speculate, but I, I think the, the bigger thing is just, like we're not gonna put our eggs in celebrities because at the end of the day thank you for what you've given us thank you for the thought pieces that are just gonna happen now if 10 years from now you were sitting here at a republican banquet with ben carson talking about some you know all lives matter well if that bridge ever get happens yeah, we'll we get there but for right now happen. i'm cool with what i have seen yeah. and i love him and now hearing his latest body of work, girl, if this is his last album, when I have been rocking with him since 2011. I heard it's just his last album under this stage name. Okay. Well. That's what I heard. So my thought is that he would either have a new stage name or just go by Donald Glover. Trick me. Like, like do a, whatever. Bow, wow, shot. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. 
that could be a show in itself. <laughs> like, where did we lose Shad? Like, oh, are the brave challenge? I right. feel like, yeah, we got to go out because <laughs> I instantly I'll divert for days. So May 11th is quickly approaching, and if you don't know why I'm so geeked about that day, Rihanna drops Savage Time by Fenty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm definitely going to be walking around my house with a chalice in one hand and, like, full-length whatever yeah. <laughs> based on what it, whatever it is she's putting out. I've seen her pictures. They look bomb. Drake put out the song Nice For What, and mm-hmm. everyone was going up to it. I named a whole episode after it because I'm yeah. like, it was a mood for me. So I'm not trying to shade him on that. Outside of him, you know, having to have therapy sessions now because he spoke too soon and the Raptors have choked again and oh. ain't going nowhere, sis. Um, people were commenting on how Rihanna did an interview where she said, like, I don't like a whole bunch of praise heaped on me, which I'm just like, girl, the world loves you. So I get it in the end of the day, but I'm just like, you know, you are one of the most popular women on the face of this planet. So yeah. that's going to happen. But she said when she got the Vanguard Award at the MTV Music Awards and Drake came out, how he went into this whole, like, Marvin's Room soliloquy, you know. And I'm just like, will someone get this Care Bear off the stage? Like, what the fuck is going on here? How do you feel? Because I feel, once again, it's focusing on a a man. And she made the statement. Yeah. And she went about her bomb-ass Bayesian business. And everyone else is just like... Trying to, like, blow it up in terms of Drake. Do we realize how accomplished... Like, literally, it should have been a sentence and then on to the next. Does it not drive you nuts when it's, like, everything that we do as women? And this world will still find a way to bring it back to being about to do. Well, I think part of it is that people are so curious about her and any celebrity's love life. Right. So, I think when she clarified that, like, they're cool... As in, like, not cool. <laughs> As in a nice for what? <laughs> right. <laughs> that people are probably, like, sensationalizing it because they don't hear much about that relationship. There were so many questions about it, and she finally set the record straight. Right. So, and at this point, like, that award was given to her, it seems like, a while ago. Yeah, like, two, three years ago? Yeah. Like, it was a minute ago. You're right, because Pink just got hers, and Beyonce did... Beyonce did well, the same night. Something. The they point have is, like it's two been a while. Main awards in that. Yeah, it's right. like the one, and then yeah. So I don't know if like it seems weird for people now to bring up the awards so much. It's just it's like oh, so that's that's why they're cool, and like right. that's why she feels the way she feels. I don't know if I don't know how I feel about her saying that like she doesn't want attention because it's like. Uriana, but maybe she felt like when he gave that like that um personal kind of um shout out to her and like touching more on like his emotions towards her, it felt too like personal. I okay. So you said you took it the personal avenue. I thought okay, I went down that same road with you. What I thought of it was I think like any woman, whether you got a net worth of like what 200 hundreds on million of her or whether it's just like us living our lives trying yeah. to make it in the city whenever someone wants to give public accolades to somebody we know that person especially if it's a guy that we really know yeah i really feel it just came down to like either he was being too personal or she's just like nigga i know you and you fraud like you're doing this to a certain extent yes because let me confess one more time. But it's like, 
there has been multiple rounds of the Rihanna and Drake, you know, saga that thank God has come to a close. Because let's keep it real. He can't handle her. And yeah. I don't mean and that. And I always felt like he liked her more than she liked him. Exactly. I don't know them, but. <laughs> what she said, interesting enough, is what her grandma told her needs to happen. Um, like, a man needs to be more into you than you're into him. I've heard that from multiple black women. Yeah. Like, you know, grandmas. And I'm just like, mm, I don't know how I feel. But with Rihanna, I think it's just a thing of like, She's tired of the circles. I mean, this girl, nothing about Rihanna says, I'm going to fly out when I got shit I could be doing myself to visit you in Europe and go on these tour dates. Yeah. No, she's handling her business. Exactly. So it's just like, I think even though they never were defined as officially being together, she gave him a lot more than we have seen her give any man. Because if there's one thing I love about Rihanna to a certain extent, it's the fact of like, she's all about like, get your check. These guys will be here, yeah. you know, and I love. But they're that. also doing videos together and stuff. So I think, like before, it might have started as a "we'll be in the studio together." I think for work, she's like, "What time do I show up on set?" Fine, let me just grind it out on him real quick and go back to my life. I'm not listening to what you're talking yeah. about anymore. But I just thought it was so interesting that I'm like, this woman has revolutionized the makeup industry. Not even with for this sure. being like typically a woman of her caliber gets like, "I'm gonna do Cover Girl or Revlon." And she's like, no, I'm going to do my shit on a whole nother level. Yeah. You know? And then Fenty Savage is about to do the same thing. So I'm like, yeah. La Perla, uh, Asian provocateur, I think you need to get your girls tightened up because she's about to snatch wigs there. And I'm like, Drake is such a small drop in the bucket in comparison to everything that this woman is doing. Yeah. I think it's just society they want to know celebrity gossip and that's the juiciest bit that they exactly yeah i want to give a shout out to my sponsor cavassier vsop if you all remember when buster rhymes did not have a breast cup size and had dreads and was out here passing it along with diddy then let's take it back another notch and enjoy it in the present sense so the next time that you want to be out here living your best life with your girls or your guys or running through the streets of chicago or whatever city it is that you are from make sure that you are doing it with cavassier vsop passing it responsibly and having a good ass time and now let's get back to joy has questions um so last but not least good old good old racism in america alive and literally kicking according to um baller alert shade room all these other you know places that people go now reliable sources exactly right (laughs) totally accredited with the society of professional journalists of america like no but the point is i saw a video that happened i believe it was in california it was a story that's been circulating and gaining traction this 80 year old man is facing assault charges for um attacking a black woman in a shopping mall parking lot calling her a nigger like a whole bunch of racial epithets physically trying to kick the woman um and this it started over her having her car parked over the yellow line. Now, we've all been in Target and seen someone fuck up a prime parking spot for us because of that. Never once have I been like, I'm going to shout out my car window, racial epithets, whoever did it. But somehow this video, it, it also people, when clips happen, it shows the video taking place like as the situation's going on. So you don't know like what the yeah, snowball yeah, yeah. effect was. Yeah. So you just see the actual altercation. But he's, like, trying to kick her. He keeps trying to, like, go after her. Let's just put it this way. If he would have had a gun or something in his car, I don't put it past him just because I'm like, he clearly didn't care, you know, um, who was around him. There was a mixed crowd of white and black people that, like, were in shock. 
But I kept hearing like, you know, other black people just being like, he's not worth it. Just walk away. Black people were saying that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, uh, he he's worth these hands. Nat Turner is agreeing with me. Um, Ida B. Wells is saying, go for it, sis. I'm hearing a little bit of Angela Davis in the left ear. Like, everyone's telling me to fuck him up. Yeah. But the thing, like, the twofold things that... Actually, three things That's drove That's so interesting that they were sympathetic towards me. Like, uh, Thank you. When the victim becomes sympathetic to the oppressor, I don't... If I talked about uh, lynching a couple of shows back and how like children would get brought to these events and how they became now our you know community members, our judges, mm-hmm. our lawyers, and every aspect of American society, right? Why do people think that racism like has a window? Like I am at the peak of my racism from twenty five to sixty two, and then as soon as I get my AARP card, I'ma just be a cute, fun grandma or grandpa. Girl, I don't have the answer. I don't know why people would feel sympathetic towards him where where did this happen it happened i believe in california but it was in the parking lot of i don't know if it was like walmart or tark hill it could have been costco for all i know but i just think the thing i guess they feel like physically but he's obviously physically able he's he's fit he's trying to inflict damage i think the thing is like it was the walk away and maybe they could have been saying that because also in this country we know how there are two sets of rules so it could have been a walk away because if this escalates even though he is saying this, you're mm. going to, you know, be potentially blamed. Yeah. So I don't know. They could have been trying to defuse the situation. Exactly. What the mindset is, they that wouldn't have been me. And I know, like, it's not good to say what you'd have done in a situation, but that old man would have got his ass whooped. Like, and I'd have just dealt with hopefully uh, making it through the bondsman's hearing because it's just there's only so much that you can take, especially when it's like, there are now statistics saying how racism now in this country or overt racism is now like rivaling that of the 60s. Oh, yeah. Because Trump's. Exactly. People president. are comfortable. Like, oh, bitch, yeah. I have been waiting to call you monkeys for so long. Oh, yeah. The good it's times crazy. are back. And it just, it really makes me go and look in the sense of like, races get old. They don't, they don't like material, like, start now acting like, you know, sugar pops and honey, you know, honey gumdrops. Like, they keep that hatred inside of them, and you see it materialize. I think the bigger thing that the that the story actually said was how they're trying to decide if if it's an alleged, you know, if they need to up the charges to a hate crime. I'm sorry, what does he have to call her for it to be a hate crime? Like, and, I mean, I wonder if this is like reverse ageism or something. I'm really looking at it like this. I'm like, you all are getting fooled by the fact that this man is just an old man. And I'm yeah, just like... Yeah, but that doesn't make it right. Exactly, because see, here's the thing. I didn't have an argument like when Bill, Co- when Bill Cosby just got sentenced. I said his ass did it. He deserves to go yeah, to jail. it doesn't matter how long ago So I don't care... If you do the crime, you do in the time, you know? So I'm just like, and I'm not going to be through this. Like, well, see what we were talking about? Nothing's going to happen to this white man, but we put Bill in jail. He deserves to go to jail. Yeah, I don't know why people are comparing it to other. Crazy. But so does this guy as well. So these assault charges need to get up to full-on hate crime charges yeah. with the intent to do bodily harm or whatever cute little legal language that you want to use because at the end of the day, he definitely tried to take her out. And it's just crazy that, like, this is what we have to deal with. And then go, how are you supposed to go home and cook your dinner or live your life and be like, group chat time? Like, no. Yeah, that's really crazy. I just, I don't get it. But that's it for so according to IG. I don't have nothing else to give. Oh, it just makes me want to get some <laughs> Kavassier real quick. Um... 
But this is my favorite part of the show. I met you when I spoke, uh, my friend Kelsey, Kelsey Riley. Hi, boo. Um, she invited me to come out and speak in terms of like branding and authenticity with a couple of her girlfriends for Colossal Creators. Yes. It was um, a social media workshop. Mm-hmm. Social media specifically workshop, great. which I thought was amazing. Yeah, y'all did a great job. Um, thank you. <laughs> and I got to meet everyone a part of Colossal Creators. So last week, obviously Joe was up here. Now I'm like, I got you up here. Yeah. Um, but just continuing on the tradition of excellence that I, what I see you all building within your creative and just the space, the safe space for creatives to really be um, open with what you all are trying to develop is amazing. So Thanks. now everyone knows how we met. <laughs> and in terms of, of DJing or how you found yourself in embarking on that passion or, or actually just getting into it. Like what's your background in regards to that? Because now I know a lot of people that are like, she's dope. I want franchise to DJ, which oh, is a thanks. great compliment. I have always loved music. I was at my friend's house being the Oscar DJ, which I will always do. And I was just playing music one night and they were like, it was like a group of guys and girls and they were like, you always know what people want to hear. You remember people's like favorite artists and favorite songs. And you know what to play like for the right time. We know that you're very passionate about music. You're always trying to drag us to these like DJ shows. When we're out, you're like trying to guess what songs they're going to play next and stuff like that. So they were like, you should consider getting into DJing. Honestly, I had never thought about it before, which uh-huh. is like, weird to say because I think a lot of people you know it's something that they think that they want to do themselves but for me I hadn't thought of it until my friends suggested it and so I knew about Scratch DJ Academy and um, because I used to work at BET and they did a workshop with us before and then yeah. I knew some people who had like tried it out but some of them what is oh, Scratch DJ Academy Scratch is a place DJ. where you can and should go to learn how to DJ. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And no shade to people who are self-taught. I'm just saying if you're looking to get into it, it's a great resource. It's a good option yeah. as well. Okay, cool. No, that's good um, to know because there could be someone listening that's like, I don't know yeah. how to actually like hone my skills. They have certified like instructors, like amazing, you know, champion DJs that teach their you can do private lessons. You can do, like, group courses. They do oh, workshops, wow. like this I is said. dope certification. Yeah. So it's a really cool spot. And they just moved. It's now located in, I don't know what this area is called, but it's near Beauty Bar, which is my frame of River West? Yes. I would like to it say. It is in River West. Okay, gotcha. They just moved um, a few, like, maybe a month or so ago. Uh, so, yeah, so I signed up to take lessons there, and that's how I got into DJ. Perfect. <laughs> no, well, I mean, definitely in terms of – and <laughs> my uh, acumen for this stuff said, like, Spotify <laughs> shuffle. So I'm just like, wait, let me make sure I have it for a party. But that's it. So in terms of, like, you and honing your skills, amazing, because I yeah. have no, no like, sense of, of timing. And that's a big thing that you even said in terms of – understanding the mood and the energy of the people that you're around I, you definitely personalize it so it's not just you playing like 50 times in one night you know Bardi A Cardi or did I Cardi- say Cardi A Bardi Bardi I said it backwards Bardi A Cardi 
the Cartier song. Y'all know what the hell we mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Cardi B. Uh, exactly. You know, Bodak, <laughs> I'll go with there. Safe one. Bodak yelled like 50 times. And now everyone's like, and I, oh, God, if I hear this uh, song again. I cannot hear that song again. Exactly. So, so it's like you definitely have those personalized touches that I feel is at the root of what makes DJing like an art form. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> instead of everyone just being like, ooh, let me just throw on like this, you know, Mac, you know, face. And then just like stand here with the cute little, you know, Beast by Dre headphones. Um. So in regards to this, and also I put it on all social medias, the girl is sickening. Like, you are giving me Phyllis Hyman vibes. No, like, with, like, the cheekbones and everything. I'm like, come through, Melanin. (laughs) How is it that you, you know, navigate through this professional space? I hate, yes, it's male-dominated pretty much in anybody's industry. But how is it that you navigate in the sense of, like, pumping the bullshit at the door and be like, Negro, I came here to spin. Not to sit here and giggle with you at the bar, you know? So how is it there any advice that you would have for someone who's just like, how do I maintain that that line of separation? Yeah. For me, I mean, I grew up with two brothers, and I've had a lot of guy platonic friends. And I know that that's not like... Uh, like the norm right but just growing up I've been able to be friends with guys where it's like a very clear line like Mm -hmm. we talk I'll talk to them about the same shit I'll talk to like my girlfriends about and it's not like weird so I feel like when I started DJing and meeting these guys I just treated them the same way I would treat like my brothers or these platonic guy friends that I had my whole life basically right and I'm also not afraid to speak up for myself so. Ding, ding, <laughs> ding. I mean, I don't want to be like a bitch or whatever. But if I feel like someone is disrespecting me, then I will definitely like speak up for myself. And it's about setting that barrier like mm-hmm. very early so that people don't feel like, you know, you can't You sometimes if you see it coming a mile away, you can't give them that leeway. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I think that's what I've relied on mainly and then just common sense <laughs> right <laughs> like, definitely yeah. be like I'm here to work yeah and like you know if if it is if it ever is a situation where like a patron or a guest I feel like is um being uh inappropriate and I've already checked them and they haven't backed down I'm quick to call security like I'm cool with the security guards at the places I DJ at Cause I'm like, I which need people to know. need to know? You got to get in good with security. Yeah, they get frustrated very quickly just by like the environment. Sometimes, like people are drunk, or maybe like people are doing too much. <laughs> so if you can kind of like side them, I've been at many, even as a patron, many a club where I'm just like, I'm annoyed with you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and they're like, you're good, you know. So getting good with security is a, a good. Yeah, one that's too. what they're there for. If I ever feel uncomfortable, I'm like, uh. Uh-uh security (laughs) to the left to the left right um but now even in what you just said in the sense of like the stereotype of like being a bitch let me just flat out say that's you know how society they'll put that on oh yeah and i hate double standards exactly like oh okay i'm being a bitch but you have no problem challenging my comfort zone as a woman or my autonomy so i have no problem then telling you where you can jackknife off this building because you don't get to invade my space or what makes me okay and i'm just supposed to take it and it's like I've seen how like male DJs will shoot down like requests, for example. And so I'm like, I'm about to shoot it down the same way. Like there shouldn't be a double standard. I think people think I'm gonna say yes because it's like I look like I'm just good. It's at- my birthday. Can you play? Yeah. No, girl. 
Beyonce is not on this playlist right, right now. Like, we came to, like, well, give me someone cute. I don't know. I'm not going to say Omarion. But the point is, I'm like, we're doing a throwback set right now. We're not doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. There's certain vibes. So, so yeah. So, just speaking up for myself. And right. then I think it's just kind of, like, in my nature to be cool with guys where it's not, like, you know. Gotcha. Uh, there's a there's a, a line. Gotcha. No, that definitely needs to be one. So every time I see your IG somewhere, <laughs> like I'm like, girl, they're only 24 hours in a day, and you make them <laughs> bitches look like it is 52. So thank you. And I know, like, you have, you know, also a day job now. And and if anyone follows, you know, your page or your brand, obviously they see like there's moments where you're doing things, you know, in your day life, you know, Francesca world, and obviously what you're doing in your DJing world. Um, how is it that you find the time to balance that? Or like, what was it that you found to be effective for yourself in terms of the duality, you know, because I like, we both work in very demanding roles and then we still have to do our other shit too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I think for me, it's just about like self-discipline and like, like you can't just go kick it all the time. You can't be like, like, I don't usually drink like that. You know what I mean? It's like, there's obviously special occasions and stuff like that. But um, not doing things, like, so I DJ every Tuesday, but I don't really drink there, even though people are like, you know, it's free drinks, whatever. But I'm like, I y'all could drink. I have to be at work at 9 a.m. tomorrow. So I'm not going to do something that's going to make this even harder on myself. Um, I think that's really the main thing. And then also just being like smart and strategic about what gigs I take on. Mm -hmm. So you, I mean, aside from Tuesdays, you won't see me DJing during the week that much um, because. Unless it's like Obama. And then you're like, I'm there and taking the day off afterward to soak it all in. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, you know, I get hit up for gigs that are like during the day on a Thursday or something. And it's like, well, I can't have to work, you know? Right. So, um, so yeah, just like being strategic about that. Like you won't really see me out like Sunday night and stuff because it just makes it how am I supposed to do both jobs if I'm just tired as hell exactly and I think that's the thing like you have to choose what is worth suffering suffering for you know in the sense in that moment and also at the end of the day like I'm always one thing I will say on my show I am not for I'm never gonna push the starving artist concept like if that's truly where you feel your creativity lies I respect that for for me personally there's nothing wrong with having those two aspects to yourself I think you still can be an entrepreneur you know and work you know a regular job or whatever like that that not stereotype but whatever that looks like you know so and there's no shame in that so if you have found a way like both and especially (laughs) when you're trying to do multiple streams of income like right I, I just, that concept in itself, like, okay, girl, so this is one, and now I have two, like, and now I'll do something else to get to three. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, so I look at you totally as an artist. I think you're very artistic, and, and just even, like, how you approach music, obviously. Do you feel like you have a, a social responsibility, especially in this polarizing time that we're living in? to you know also not just be the artist or be the dj but to do something that is speaking out for you know marginalized groups yeah for sure i mean i don't think i'm like 
honestly, I'm not going to, you may not see me at the front lines of the protests mm-hmm. and like, you know, like out there, like head of the Black Lives Matter movement. But I do things like, you know, like me, R. Kelly, his songs are gone from my library. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> do it. <laughs> but, you know, if there's something that I have a problem with, or sometimes I'll listen to these lyrics. And yes, most hip hop is um, misogynistic. And yes, totally. But sometimes I'm listening to these songs and I'm like, wait, she going to do what? Right. To who? <laughs> to who? <laughs> like, we will not be finding yeah. out a thing. Like, no. I'm like, wait a minute. That's horrible. Like, I just can't, you know what I mean? So, like, songs like that, I just, I'm like, delete. I just don't feel comfortable. Right. Playing. I don't care if it's the hottest song in the world. You won't hear me play it. So, just doing, like, things like that. And then at work, I, I work at Twitter and I'm involved in our Black Employee Resource Group called Blackbirds. Okay. So, um, so I I use that really as my vessel to like kind of you know spearhead that. Yeah, like mm-hmm. further the cause and work with a lot of youth groups, find ways to help with like professional development and like diverse recruiting efforts and things like that. Oh, this girl after my own heart. No, <laughs> seriously, I I think it's good to channel you know that energy too. I mean, for me and a lot of people don't know this unless they're close with me, but my dad grew up on a sharecropper farm in Louisiana. So, you know, he always told me that he wanted, you know, me and my brothers, that he wanted us to do better than him. And I think just knowing, like, I mean, his family had, like, a documentary made about their experience. Like, he had 13 brothers and sisters, and they were split between, like, two rooms. So... Wait, I mean, if it's not too personal, because I... You say documentary, I'm there. What's, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the documentary? It's called Dry Wood. Dry Wood. Um, there's okay. a link to it on YouTube. If I can find it, I can see Oh, it that's fine, you. girl. I'll yeah, be cleaning yeah. the night watching it. You're yeah. good. <laughs> so just like watching that and knowing the history of like sharecroppers um, mm-hmm. is really what like motivates me um, and is why I think it's important to like not just be content, but to motivate the youth, like you like you were saying. Yeah, you got to give back, man. Yeah. <sighs> Last question <laughs> is going to be super difficult, obviously. Beard gang or clean shaven? Like, what do you go for? Beard gang all day. But honestly, like, personality gang, because fuck a beard. If- <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> a show in itself, but... <laughs> That's the thing. Okay, so I love how everyone is are into <laughs> beards now, but I'm just like, you do understand like the maintenance required. You can't just come out here with this like dry kindling wood. Like you look like you set your face on fire, yeah. you know? Like or underneath your skin is just completely trash because you haven't been doing anything. Actually, funny thing, a guy I know, he's clean shaven and has a bald head. He was like telling me all the steps that go into it. So they have to do just as much maintenance. I literally was like, brother, just get the fade back beer. But at the end of the day, I like what you said, personality. Personality gang. Because <laughs> if you give me good vibes and I'm just, and I'm a sapiosexual, I love intelligence. Like, mm. oh, if you are smart, shawty swing my way. Like, <laughs> oh, you that's, know that's my jam. Okay, right. Thank you so much, love, for coming oh, on. Oh, thank you for having me. I am so fun. happy. Right. I am going to be wrapping up right now with my motivational moment for this week. And I really just was thinking about vulnerability. Obviously, I thought about it basically because of Rihanna. And what I love about her, every I feel like Savage took on a whole new role with when Rihanna came around. Like, 
I'm pretty sure it was somewhere in our lexicon before, but I feel like everyone was like, oh, I'm a savage, you know? And she said it, like, it needed me. Did not tell you I was a savage. And mm-hmm. that was everybody's IG caption mm-hmm. for the whole fucking summer. And I'm like, sis, stop lying, because I just heard you crying about this Negro two days ago. You ain't that savage. Not to Rihanna, but to everyone else who was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. She is. She She's walks that walk and talks that talk. But the thing that I really wanted to focus on, and it's not a woman thing, it's not a man thing, there's power and vulnerability. And that's something that we forget a lot of the times. Like, it's easy, especially in our generation, where people don't even stick around long enough to figure out what is it that hurts you or scares you or drives you. Mm-hmm. Like you said, your or like franchises that you just said her story, like her father's story being a sharecropper. That's something that you don't necessarily just reveal to any old body. They don't need, they don't get that aspect of you. So I think when you are looking into the power or looking at vulnerability, it, it doesn't demonstrate weakness. I think what people sometimes get confused is you have to have discernment with vulnerability because you have to know if this person is being someone that you should share that side of yourself with. And I think that is what people or a lot of us sometimes we confuse. There's nothing more than I want to tell somebody about like the stories of how I grew up and why that shaped me into the woman that I am or to be able to trust somebody with that. And I think that's what we all want. You know, we all want someone that is there to support us. And the reason why that is so important is because when you can share that vulnerability of yourself with someone else, And you know that they're trusting the story that you've told and listening to it with a sense of like, I'm here now to support you. That's what kind of also will feed into whatever other passion that you're trying to do. You know, like two is better than one. And it's not just like in terms of relationship or dating, even in friendships. Like I see so many people that it's like you all surround yourselves maybe because you all are in the same vein or we doing the same thing or we may have the same IG likes. But I'm like, but do you even like these people? Like, If you couldn't afford or have what you had, can you reveal your true self to them, you know, even on a friendship level? Because it's true, your net worth is the average of the people around you. So if everyone else, like, is seemingly looking like tens, but you out here collectively internalized are fives, like, your average ain't looking too good. Like, it's, it's actually failing. And that's something that people forget is that when you have that vulnerability and you can trust the people around you, that's when really dope and amazing shit happens. And so I really want everyone to focus on that discernment, focus on finding that vulnerability. You don't have to be hard 24-7. Like the icon Cat Williams said, ain't nobody got time to be gangbanging on bacon. Chill. It's mm-hmm. 9 a.m. in the morning, sis. Calm down. <laughs> so I really just want everyone to really like work on our vulnerability for this week. Or if there's that special someone in your life, I don't care if it's a lover or a friend, whatever. I sound like the quiet storm now. God damn. <laughs> like it whisper. Like whispers in the dark. <laughs> but no, whoever it is, I just really want everyone to work on that and that communication. That is Joy Has Questions. Man, I feel like this is the softest I've ever ended a show. Vulnerability. Aww. Right? <laughs> And then that's all right. Um, so yes, everyone, I cannot thank you enough for the support. Let's keep it going for next week, and I will catch you later. Bye, guys. Bye.